Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla, Alex Regla with you guys on Tuesday, October 11th. Two more games before the preseason is over. Alex, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing good. None of these games are landing on a Tuesday. None of these games are like... I don't feel compelled to to sit here on a Tuesday and, and then podcast after. We haven't we haven't had a Tuesday game yet. I think Tuesday's opening day, though, I believe. I was gonna say we get opening day though. So that yeah. should be exciting. So that should be one of those late nights that we haven't had in a in a very long time. Alex, how you doing today, dude? I'm doing all right, man. We got the big Dodgers Padres game coming up pretty soon. We got mm-hmm. uh, more Lakers tomorrow, opening day coming up. I love October. Like, I don't it's know about you, but it's best. my favorite month. It's We get everything this month, and uh, the weather's finally getting nice over here as well. So nothing to complain about. How are you doing? Yeah, if you're a sports fan, this is one of the best times of the season. You have football in full swing. You have playoffs in baseball, especially like if you're a sports fan and your baseball team's in it. Like This is a great time. College football's in full swing. USC's doing great. Uh, UCLA's doing great. So it is a very fun time. And yeah, basketball's starting. When is the official opening day? Uh, next Tuesday? Next Tuesday. So a week from today. Yep. I'm just having a realization right now. Uh, we're one week away, Alex, this from is, opening this day. Is our, our last uh, preseason wow. podcast. Yeah. So at the end of this, we will do a pro- our annual or our weekly predictions of what's going to happen from now till then. So it'll be 0-1 or 1-0 predictions coming up. At the end of this podcast, if you are unfamiliar with us, if you're a new listener, uh, I always feel like new listeners come and go during the basketball season. So if you never heard us before, we're Alex, but I'm Alex, but he's Alex Regla. Uh, we're here every Tuesday. And at the end of every podcast, we, t- we preview what we think, predict what we think will happen that week. So I'm excited that that's back because last year we were wrong all the time. <laughs> so it's great because I think we were both trying to stay a little positive last year. And then we both just gave up and we're like, oh, oh, and four, oh, and four. And then those started being right. And that wasn't fun at all. So I'm hoping to have a little bit of a better season. But before we talk about the regular season, there's still a bunch of stuff like always to talk about with the Lakers, because honestly, like another player's fingernail can break on like any other team. And then there's a report like, oh, they want to go to the Lakers. You know, I just, that's how I feel like everything circles back to the Lakers. We'll get into what's going on. The latest rumors with Draymond Green after his Superman punch of Jordan Poole, which I love that the Warriors are more upset that the video got leaked than they are of the actual punch. That to me is hilarious. Uh, We'll get into that. We'll talk about Dennis Schroeder's return to LA. Will he have a magical comeback like Dwight Howard did? I don't know. We'll talk about that. We will talk about... Rob Palinka's extension. I know that if you listen to this podcast network, everybody's given their thoughts on that. And I'm sh- when I saw that, I'm I don't think I was in the in the minority of the way I felt. But let's start off with probably the most important player in heading into the season, and that's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, who just came off an incredible performance in preseason. Alex, I'm sure you watched it. I'm sure you broke it down on Sunday against the Golden State Warriors. Anthony Davis uh, played 21 minutes. And in those 21 minutes, scored 28 points on 9 of 18 from the field. 2 of 4 from 3. Obviously, no LeBron, no Westbrook, no Beverly. But what did you think and what have you thought of Anthony Davis so far in the preseason, which both of us have already said, he is the key to the puzzle this season? 
I mean, offensively, he looked great. Um, others kind of stated it, but yeah, it looked a lot like the, the Anthony Davis in terms of the year they won the championship. I mean, his jumper was falling. He was getting to the free throw line a lot, which like fans remember, that was a big staple of his game that year they won the championship. He got to the free throw line a lot and he converted. And that game, he was eight for eight from the free throw line. I think he shot four threes uh, last preseason game. He made two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big thing, I think, uh, was that he played center yep. and how much space he had to operate because of that. He had a lot of lob attempts. He just looked really um, sharp. And, and that, that's really encouraging after the, the report. He had that back tightness that kept him out of that preseason game, and he kind of missed the big bulk of last year. So him looking sharp early on is a really good sign. So that leads us to what we're going to talk about, which is uh, Darvin Ham saying that he is seriously considering – or it's quote under heavy consideration to have Anthony Davis start at center this year, which I find it a really fascinating conversation because although Frank Vogel implemented a center to start the game, a lot of times it was like eight minutes a game. And even in the championship season, you know, JaVel McGee would start. Sometimes Dwight Howard would start and then JaVel McGee wouldn't see the game for the rest of the game. Yeah. So I feel as though we are heading towards that kind of season again. I don't think Damian Jones or Thomas Bryant have really grabbed the starting center role by the neck and taken it as their own, which I think leads to this kind of conversation. I think that Darvin Ham realizes the strengths of his team is he's got a bunch of ball handlers, a bunch of guards, and maybe dudes that can shoot. Probably not, but still. So why would I waste minutes with Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones, early important minutes, when Anthony Davis can just play center because he's going to play center most of the game anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like, I think three ways to think of this. Um, And it it, like the first thing, like you mentioned, neither Damian Jones or Thomas Bryant have really like overly impressed to a point where we can say, Oh yeah, they need to start or they need rotational minutes. Like that combined with all the guards who've played have all looked really good. Like Austin Reeves has looked good. Kendrick Nunn has looked, incredible like he arguably might be the best preseason player on the lakers so far just like music Um, to everybody's ears yeah he's looked really sharp and he is one of those guys who's making his threes so that goes a long way you obviously have russ you have pat bev dennis Schroeder's coming back um even a guy like lonnie walker who we both kind of had question marks going into preseason has also looked really solid really good um so there's a lot of players kind of vying for minutes and it was already going to be a crowded backcourt as it is so this is one way to kind of open up some more playing time if you don't have to use one of those starting spots on another big. If you can just slide AD down, slide LeBron down, suddenly you have an extra guard spot in the starting lineup. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not totally surprised Ham is going this way, especially how how well the guards and the wings have played and how little we've seen of Jones and Bryant. Like, I thought last game was really telling. So LeBron didn't play, Bev didn't play, and Russ didn't play. And still AD started at five. And um, yeah, like that can easily have been in time you start one of the other bigs and they didn't. And the only one who's actually got consistent rotation minutes is Wayne Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Like you can make the case he's been the second best big the preseason behind AD. So yeah, I, I'm not too surprised. And honestly, the offense has looked a lot better with AD at the five and when you've had all those guards out there. Is there like a team in the West? Obviously the Nuggets have the reigning MVP, but is there a team in the West that really deploys a traditional center like the way the Lakers would if they play Bryant or 
I mean, I guess Zubats, maybe. You have Gobert. Gobert in Minnesota with Towns. But that's just a weird, like, you don't really, I don't know. Like, I, I, yes, that's the first thing that came to mind too. But like, that's such a weird thing over there. It's almost like what the Lakers are trying to do. Just like, they actually have a center to do it. Yeah. And you would want to space Gobert out anyway, right? Right. You would probably want to counteract that by having AD or Bryant or whoever out to the three point line. But yeah, no, I get to your point. Like, traditionally, I mean, at least in the modern game, there aren't too many back to the basket bigs getting to both. Mm-hmm. Like, you have Embiid, you have Jokic, and that's about it in terms of like, no doubt we need someone to guard those guys. And and I'm sure Ham will mix and match when yeah. needed. And, and like he just said, it's under consideration, heavy consideration. Might not happen. We might get a Thomas Bryant or Damian Jones in there as like a nominal fifth guy. But to your point, yeah, I don't think, they're losing out on a lot of stuff by doing this. They're they're going to be small regardless in the in the backcourt and the wing situation. But maybe if you double down on offense and and the guards have been solid enough defensively that you you kind of trust them. It's also one of the things too, where like two years ago when Anthony Davis was healthy, we were throwing a fit that he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. So you kind of trust Anthony Davis against guys like you're supposed to trust Anthony Davis against guys like his size, basically, you know, are, are you really going to count on Thomas Bryant to be able to body a DeAndre Ayton or uh, like you said, a Rudy Gobert or Nikolai Jokic? Like it's not really something that you're expecting too much anyways. So it's going to be a challenging season for Anthony Davis because the Lakers are expecting a lot of offense from him and they need that defensive player of the year type player season performance from him again. Like he's having, he's a really crucial piece on both ends of the floor this year. Yeah, and and like Ham Ham had already said that you know he's going to be the number one option. We've also obviously heard that a lot on any LeBron. Right. And then LeBron gets on the court, and you're like, yeah, oh. exactly. <laughs> but but we have seen like it's not just we throw the ball down to AD anymore. Like they're actually running actions for him out on the perimeter, dribble handoffs, um, like the way they use the screen setting to get him open and stuff. So they are being more creative in terms of getting him the ball. It's not just like here's the ball, dribble, mm-hmm. do whatever you want. So they are at least making a point of emphasis to like get him better looks and defensively. He didn't have the best game against golden state. Like he obviously was focusing on his offense that game, but to your point, yeah, they, they need him to be big on both ends. And if he really is going to play the five, then uh, he's got to be a monster everywhere for that to work. It's also been a talking point that Anthony Davis doesn't want to play the five. And that's not a talking point right now. And I wonder why that is. I wonder if Anthony Davis is realizing like, Hey, like this is a big year for me. And if the coaches, the coaching staff and our personnel, like obviously fits me more playing the five, then maybe I just need to start playing the five and just embrace it, you know, because for a while it is like, he didn't want to play the five. He wants to be the four. He wants to be the four. I mean, then they, they went out inside two centers, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like they, they went out of their way to like say, no, you're starting this year at the five. Like they kind of did everything they could to make sure he doesn't have to, but I think realizations are kind of being made this preseason. And I'm not, I'm not still totally sold that AD is going to be starting at the five. Like I, I still think there's a likelihood, especially if we see these next preseason games that reportedly these are going to be the games where like everyone's going to play mm-hmm. and, and see what lineups are going to be played. Who's like, say AD starts again at the five this next game, I'd be a bit surprised, but if he does, mm, that, that might kind of tell us where, where we're heading. So I'm trying to think out loud of a Lakers starting five with AD. I, I was going to say, what, what would you, what would your lineup be if AD does start at the five? So you're obviously like every starting lineup, you pencil in AD, LeBron and Russ. Yes. 
I think the Russ off the bench conversation is long gone. Mm-hmm. That's that's gone. So now you get interesting because I think like every player behind them is very similar. Yeah. <laughs> so it's almost like, do you who? I'm a big proponent of energy and some offense off the bench. Like you Agreed. need some. Agreed. Is that a Patrick Beverly or is that a Kendrick Nunn? I'm, I think Kendrick Nunn, like like I said, he's been maybe the most impressive Laker this preseason. And you would obviously like automatically go, oh, well, we have to pencil him in the starting lineup. Again, last game, Russ didn't play, Bev didn't play, LeBron didn't play, and Nunn still came off the bench mm-hmm. as the sixth man. I think that's where Ham is envisioning him. Like kind of how like the Malik Monk role, the Lou Williams role, yeah, and he looked really good in that role. And it, that that second unit might need that offense. So I don't think none at this point. I think he is the sixth man. Um, so I would rule him out there. I would imagine that. Let's work through this together because I don't have a starting five because I really genuinely think that they all kind of can be put in and put out. Like it really, I don't think it's too complicated because I think they all do similar things. But it's like. I don't think you need guys that I think you need guys, excuse me, that can work without the ball. Who's the best guys that can work without the ball in the starting five. I think you, I think I'm an Austin Reeves fan here for his size, for his defense, for his ability to make a jump shot. If he's wide open for me, exactly where I was going to. Okay. Because like you you said, you have two, three ball dominant players in that starting lineup, right? mm -hmm. You need guys who don't technically need the ball, but then when the ball gets swung to them, they know what to do with it. Either they're going to shoot it or they're going to attack the closeout or capitalize on whatever double team was thrown LeBron or AD's way, and then they can make a play. Because Reeves has shown that he can... He's been doing a lot of on-ball this preseason. I I think Reeves, um, which is crazy to say, I kind of would be shocked if he's not in that starting lineup. I mean, it just fits. Mm -hmm. It just fits. So who would you go if we all agree on the first four? Are you going with Beverly? Or are you going with none? Or is it somebody else? I think for me, it's between, um, it's a toss up. I think it's between Beverly. And I think Lonnie Walker has shown enough that I think Ham likes him. Um, and his three point shot looks would look really good last few games. His defense is better than I expected. At least he's trying on defense. And I think that's going a long way if we want to believe the reports that Bev is the guy they, they want to use on the other team's star wings, that kind of would signal that Bev is kind of their small forward, you know, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, that one makes sense, especially if you already have the offense coming off the bench with none. Um, I, I wouldn't mind like a Reeves um, Bev backcourt. That was something I think was like my hypothetical, like the lineup I wanted to see anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'd probably go Bev there. What do you think? Yeah. I just think because early on Kendrick Dunn didn't play a single minute last year. I still think that you're going to kind of like ease him into it. I don't think you're going to throw him in for 36 minutes a game right away. I could be wrong, but I mean, he was just cleared for contact like two weeks, not contact, like full drills, like two or three weeks ago. So now to expect him to come in and average 30 plus minutes a game, I don't think it'll happen right away. I think Patrick Beverly has a ton of experience being a starter, being a starter for a playoff team, playing heavy minutes, making big shots. I would probably go with Patrick Beverly. Um, But it will be interesting to see how four players that can handle the ball play together. Um, Four players that are used to having the ball play together. So 
it's one of those things where it's not really like the sexiest starting lineup of all time that the Lakers have ever thrown out there. And it's also one of the most intriguing starting lineups that they would ever throw out there because of how is this all going to work? And I think that we're going to ask that question for a few weeks in the beginning of the season with any rotation that they decide to do with any sort of five on the court at the same time. But yeah, I think you have, I think it's Patrick Beverly over Kendrick Nunn. And I think Kendrick Nunn can come in, be a spark. And whoever's playing best will get the most minutes at the end of the game. Obviously, whoever's making shots. And, you know, now there's guys that you're going to expect things from that you that might be a little uncomfortable. Like, you might need Toscano Anderson to play a bunch of minutes. You might need, you know, Wenya and Gabriel to play a bunch of minutes. So that after that, the the depth of the team is a little scary, I would say. But for starting five, yeah, I think it's going to be, for me, if you go with AD at the five, it would be AD, LeBron, Russ, Reeves, um, Beverly. And if yeah, you don't, right. and if you do go with AD at the four, I would say you probably just take out Reeves and put in whoever, Brian or Jones. Yeah, it's tricky because, but then if you do that, I mean, the spacing even with that lineup and AD at the five is still not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have question marks of that. And then they're pretty small in the backcourt and then wing. Um, but defense, like overall defensively, that that unit's going to, you know, try. That, that unit should be pretty solid there. And I think you hope to get enough offense between LeBron and AD. And then the, I think their bench units are going to be critical this year. Like you're going to have none, like presuming, presumably you're going to have Lonnie Walker. Um, those are two big, like hyper-scoring guards. And you also have Dennis probably there with them as well. I, I think their bench is going to be a lot, better than we think. And Scott Anderson's a good kind of connector. He's been solved defensively. We have winning Gabriel has been really good. So there's been a lot of guys to be encouraged about. And I think that's, I mean, this is a good issue to have for him. Like he has a lot of options here who, who he can start. And I wouldn't be mad if Lonnie Walker starts. I think he's played well enough to like deserve a look there and how he plays with the guys. Uh, last season, Lonnie Walker in 70 games played shot 40.7 from the field, 31 from three. Um, averaging 12 points for the Spurs. I always like a guy that comes from pop too, because I feel like they're rare. I feel like they don't really leave pop. Mm-hmm. But recently, obviously, the Spurs are in rebuild mode, so players are leaving. I always like guys that come from pop because I always feel like these guys are coachable or have learned things from him that can make them adapt because that's how high I hold Greg Popovich. So, I mean, yeah, they're going to expect guys. And I said this before on this podcast, like I was pretty underwhelmed with their moves in the offseason as far as who they spent their money on Lonnie Walker, like was one of them. Toscano Anderson obviously just won a championship, but played like one minute per game in the postseason. So it's going to be an interesting thing. Cause I genuinely, no matter who they start and who comes off the bench, I personally feel like it's still a very flawed roster. Yeah. And I, I think next game, which is, I believe tomorrow. Um, yeah. I, I believe they're all going to play except we saw Troy Brown jr. Who hasn't played yet. Cause he's injured and he's going to actually miss all of, preseason i guess so that's another guy we still haven't looked at is he this year's kendrick nunn (laughs) hopefully not because that's one of the few wings they have on the team right (laughs) so it's going to be interesting again i think ham is kind of hinting at where he's kind of going with his rotation given who's played even though when other guys haven't played so if none comes off the bench again if ad starts at the five again i think we can maybe pencil those guys in i don't i don't think he's going to switch things up and hopefully we see Dennis. Hopefully we see, you know, more of Russ, what his minutes look like. And I mean, there's still a lot we haven't seen yet. 
uh, in this preseason. So a lot of stuff and decisions Ham still has to make. Um, so let's go back to the original point and just ask you, should Anthony Davis, in your opinion, start at the five? We never actually said that. Yeah, I, I think with this it, team. Yes, I, I think he should start, um, especially given the, the play of the guards, the make of the roster. If you're really, you know, trying to get minutes for everyone and especially the guys who've been playing well, it's not like they're giving these minutes to guards just because you can make a case that they've all earned like the chance to play. And the ones who really haven't have been a guy like Damian Jones, who is still so early too. Like we haven't really yeah. seen that much of them, but it's just been clear who's looked the best. And even a guy like, I'm sure, I don't know if we're talking about it or not, but like Matt Ryan, right? Last game, he had six threes. Um, we talk about how the team doesn't end up shooting. And you have this kind of guy you just picked up right before training camp. He hit six threes and he helped win that game. Um, you have him who's, you know, also a front court player. Wendon Gabriel's a front court player who's looked better than Jones and, and Bryant. So I would start him at five. And if they don't start him at five, I hope that he gets the most minutes at five throughout the game. All right. And Thomas Bryant is also coming out from a major injury as well. Yeah. So it, it's going to take time for these guys to come back. And Damian Jones, you know, we've had fun with Damian Jones, but he was a former 10 day contract guy. He's, you know, he's, he's stuck around in the league, which is good for him. But I know he got a full rack of minutes with the Kings last year, but it's like, how much can you genuinely expect from him? Like genuinely on this team? I don't know. Like, yeah. And they're ultimately minimum contract players, right? Like, you, yeah. You, you can't really expect a ton of impact there, but like you said, super early. And, and to Brian Bryant's uh, defense, he looked a lot better the, the the game he did start against Minnesota and against a guy like Gobert, like we talked about. He just outran him, and like he outran him for like four possessions in a row and got like easy looks the other way. So that's that's one option against a guy like Gobert. Um, what have you thought? And then we'll move on to the other stuff real quick of the two young guys, two rookies that they spent some stuff on uh, in Christie. And what have you thought about him so far? He's played more than I thought he would. He started last game uh, mm-hmm. against golden state. The first possession in the game, he moved his feet well and blocked Jordan pull shot. Um, defensively. That's been a thing he he's shown that he's, that's the part of his game where he's most ready so far. He showed that in summer league. He showed that during preseason. Um, he has a, he, he's got that wing body. He has a good mm-hmm. wingspan. He's just super thin, like most rookies. He's going to get kind of bullied. Golden State was kind of targeting him a little bit, but he held his own. He held his own defensively. The offense is still very come and go. Like there was a possession where he got like an offensive rebound and then was around the free throw line, just airballed the jumper by the free <laughs> throw line. Um, yeah. And uh, but he, he's looked like totally fine, and that's that's more than you could probably ask for for a rookie at, at this point. Um, the Lakers have made, were in the news this weekend, not just for their on court play, but because they made a very, very, in my opinion, surprising decision on Saturday afternoon, the Lakers announced, well, they didn't announce it was reported that they have extended Rob Palinka, which I mean, how that happens after the sixth worst season in LA Lakers history, no one should be getting an extension in that front office. And I mean, no one should ever be getting an extension after having that kind of season. And yet the Lakers committed to Rob Palinka for three more years. 
I think I, it yeah, was. Yeah, I believe it's it's exactly what they signed him signed through twenty twenty six. That um, to me is just beyond unacceptable. I know everyone's talked about it on this podcast network already. We haven't had a chance to. When I saw that, I don't normally tweet stuff about the Lakers in the offseason, but I was like, what are they doing? How unserious can you be? Why not let the season play out before you figure yeah. out what happens? That's kind of my biggest thing is, okay, he won a championship. He then has torn down that team piece by piece by piece. And I would say, obviously, Jeannie just said herself, she made the final decision on Anthony Davis, not Rob Palenka. So it's like, what has he really done here since that championship besides gotten significantly worse every year? It makes no sense to me. And I... I, I I think the worst part of it all was that I wasn't surprised they did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's the timing of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, I don't think you, you didn't have obviously have to do this right now. Like you said, play the year out and say for whatever reason, this team outperforms expectations. Say they make the playoffs, say they make a run, say they win a series, say they lose in the second round or something like that. That'll, that at least gives you some confidence that Plinka could he built, he built this roster, right? There might've been input other places. He might've had to sign guys because of clutch or whatever, but they only had three guys, four guys on the roster heading into this summer. This roster is what they decided to do with it complete from the bottom up. So if they outperform expectations, they do well in the postseason enough to like show, Hey, this guy knows what he's doing. Then okay, fine. You know what? He's won championship. He's shown with the limited resources they have. He only had, minimum contracts, one little taxpayer MLE. He built a team that can compete, but um, to give them this extension before we see all that. And given what's happened the last few years, like you said, it is a bit frustrating in terms of like, they haven't learned a lot of what's gone wrong and they're kind of falling back into habits. If this season fails again and you're extending a guy and we already know they're, if they, they don't really want to fire people still under contract because they don't want to pay for another person and then have to pay for this guy. That's what happened with Luke Walton. It's kind of what happened with Frank Vogel. Um, so, yeah, I the timing is a bit frustrating on this. Yeah, and now it just goes to show, like, he'll be here all year, uh, obviously, because of what you just said. But the thing with me is, so they won the championship in 2020. Under its own crazy individual circumstances, they won that championship there. The following year, they're a playing team and get the doors knocked by the Suns in the first round and they're out. Now everybody's be like, oh, Anthony Davis got hurt. Well, whatever. Results matter. The next year, they don't even make the play in and they have the sixth worst season in LA Lakers history. Can I say that again? The sixth worst season ever for the Los Angeles Lakers. He orchestrated the, one of the worst trades ever in NBA history. Like, there's no other way around it but to say that. The Russell Westbrook trade was one of the worst trades in NBA history for everything he gave up for your future picks that you mortgaged. It was one of the worst trades. The team missed the play-in game, the play-in. And you're like, you know what? This is the guy to lead us towards the future. That to me speaks of a zero, which is what we talked about so much in the off season and so much last year. There's no accountability on this team for anything that goes bad. 
The accountability it only comes up when something goes good, like the Anthony Davis trade, when Jeannie Buss took credit for that. No one's taking blame for the Russell Westbrook debacle. And then instead of trying to fix it, regardless of whatever mortgage he has to leverage, he's like, you know, we're going to run it back. Harrison Fagan. So <laughs> when I saw that, it was just like, come on, man, what are we doing here? So, I mean, a lot is riding. And you know what, dude? It makes kind of a lot of sense as to why he doesn't want to give up those picks because he might be here in 2027 and 2029. You know, at yeah. first, I've been saying all offseason, he's not going to be here. Who cares if you're Rob Polinka? But now, he may be here. Because if you're getting extended after that kind of season, if you have any sort of success, is he going to be the GM for life? Is he the next Mitch Kupchak? <laughs> well, well, to go back to that, like, I thought it was really interesting. Did you read that report about when he actually signed this extension? This wasn't recent. No, I know. He signed it basically right when they hired Darwin Ham, and they've kind of just been sitting on this news. What do you make of that? Why would they sit on this news if they're super confident in him? Come on. <laughs> the Los Angeles PRs? Come on, man. Do I even have to answer that? Like, this team is more concerned about public perception than they are results, clearly. But you're right. But you're right. So if he signed that when, you know, if we want to believe those reports when they signed Darvin Ham, that means they went into the offseason with Rob knowing he has that extension. He has that security. So that explains why they didn't trade those picks, at least. So that makes a bit more sense now on, on, from that front. Yeah. The whole thing is just fascinating. Just fascinating, man. Like, <sighs> Rob Palenka extended through 2026. And here I was saying all off season, this is going to fail. They'll fire Palinka, and then they're going to have a new GM to bring in a new coach. And now that little did I know that these two are going to be here together regardless. So buckle up Laker fans. We better hope everybody stays healthy because this is what we got going forward. Um, not a lot of faith on my end, as you can tell, <laughs> not a lot of faith. Uh, the biggest news in the NBA has been regarding Draymond green who, uh, Sucker punch, Superman punch, whatever you want to call it, Jordan Poole. Uh, I, clearly, the video got leaked. The Warriors are pissed that the video got leaked. They're not so pissed at Draymond actually punching Jordan Poole. Nonetheless, reports come out after. What do you do with Draymond Green? Both guys are up for an extension soon. Draymond Green can opt out, be a free agent this summer. Jordan Poole in line for an extension. Who's going to get that money? I don't think they're both going to get that money. Who's going to get that money? Well, now... Stephen A. Smith on first take says, quote, Draymond Green is expecting this to be his last year in Golden State. Now he want to be a Laker. He ain't going to tell anybody that, but don't think God don't know he'd prefer to be a Laker if he got to leave Golden State. Now, how does this line up? Well, Russell Westbrook, his contract will be off the books in the summer. If you're looking for a trade, I don't know how that would look like because Draymond only makes $25 million. Russ makes $45 million. Alex, thoughts about Draymond Green and the rumor of him coming to L or wanting to come to LA? I mean, like Stephen A. Smith says a lot of stuff, right? And, and we're not, I'm not saying like it's, we, we shouldn't believe everything he says, but like, because he's gotten things right before. Um, but yeah, like I get the where these rumors probably stem from. It was just funny, also, like the day that video came out, like five minutes later, LeBron or, or whoever it is, HBO, the shop tweeted out a video of Draymond Green appearing on the LeBron show there. And then I think another, I think it was Trey Young. I forget who it was, but also tweeted out that 
Draymond going to the Lakers now or something like that. Another NBA player tweeted it out. So uh, there's probably smoke there. Um, we know LeBron and Draymond are pretty close, stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially since the Lakers don't have max money. They have money for less than a max. I don't think Draymond's going to get max anywhere else. So, I mean, sure, I guess like the writing could like, I, I think Golden State obviously is going to probably pick pull over Draymond at this point. I mean, at this point, like you're, he's younger. He's, you're going to have an older Steph Curry and older Clay Thompson. And then you're going to have to go with some youth there. Uh, and then it would be like right in line for the Lakers to overpay for an older player. So it would be like perfect. It's right up Rob Polinka's alley. Uh, do you well, want Draymond people can't Green? see your face? You laugh at it when I say things that way because you know it's true. <laughs> you're just not saying them. No, I'm trying not to say. <laughs> no, no, you're I, a lot I, nicer. You're a lot nicer than me, and you're not as blunt as I am. But if people could see your face, they would see that you're agreeing with me. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Draymond's a Michigan guy. I think Polinka's a Michigan guy. That that stuff kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, he seems like the guy the Lakers would be very interested in. Thoughts? <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it, it would make a lot of sense. And by the way, like depending on like how much, like I, I don't hate it. Oh you know? no, of course not. Like Draymond's awesome. <laughs> Draymond's I mean, good. Yeah, he's definitely it's just the age factor you worry about, the money factor you right. worry about. But again, the Lakers don't have like, a ton of money to spend anyway. He's the better version of Patrick Beverly. Yeah, essentially. You get an awesome again. I'm not gonna complain about getting Draymond Green on this team. So no. But I mean he would be 32, 33 years old, so he would fit right in, like I said. So uh, Alex, this is uh, exciting because, like you said, starting the, the the podcast opening by the time we talk to everybody, a real game will be under our belts for the Lakers. A real, yeah. genuine basketball game will be played between the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Everything we just talked about, we'll have answers to. Who will be the starting lineup? Who will be coming off the bench? Who's going to play what? What do the rotations look like? It'll only be one game, but we get to overreact to it that night immediately. Mm. So, like we do every week. Will the Lakers be 0-1 or 1-0 when we talk to this audience again next Tuesday? I mean, they've been historically bad on opening nights. That's that's just a fact at this point. You're being nice. Did you look it up? They've been historically awful. I don't think they've won since like 2016. And I think that game was like the Xavier Henry, Jordan Farmar, Nick Young, like just going crazy. Let me look. Let me look it up for you. Because My memory is right. I remember Xavier Henry had popped off that game randomly. Um, I think it was against Golden State too. Maybe. If I, rem- oh, I think my memory is that good. It was against a good team. I know that. Houston? Houston. Is, it, is that the Xavier Henry game? That was Jordan Clarkson game. Jordan Clarkson. Okay. Jordan Clarkson scored 25 points. Okay. Um, was that their last regular season game or was it the next year? No, loss to the Clippers in 2018. Lost to the Blazers in 2019. Lost to the Clippers in 2020. Lost to the Clippers last year or two years ago and lost to the Warriors last Warriors. year. Yeah. So the last time they won was in, uh, yeah, uh, 2016, October 26, 2016. So six years ago, and the Lakers beat the Rockets 120 to 114. The starting lineup that night, Julius Randle, Luol Deng, Trevor Ma- Timothy Mozgov, D'Angelo Russell, Nick Young, and Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. Brandon Ingram was coming off the bench. 
Larry Nance Jr. was off the bench. Meta World Peace was still on this team. Huertas was still on this team. Lou Williams was on this team. That was That's last a fun time. team. That was a fun team. That was a really fun team. How come that team was bad? That's a good team. Um, well, what do you think? I, I, what do you, what's your prediction? Oh, and one. The Warriors are really good. Yeah, but they got some, you know, they got the Draymond stuff. Will Draymond play? Hanging over them. Uh, probably not. You don't think I mean, his time away? So they're will just, be what's ended? his suspension? Two preseason games like that's right. for punching his teammate? Yeah. I, I think he'll play. I'll teach him a lesson. I think he'll play, genuinely. <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's a prediction. So you think Draymond plays and the Warriors win? Yes. I think Draymond doesn't play. In the, I think the Lakers are going to win. Look at you. Yeah. Let's I, go. I say, yeah, I say they start off strong. Anthony Davis drops 45 opening night. He looked good against them. It's not he does crazy. Look good. And he looks good. He looks healthy. Yeah. He looks healthy. All right, everybody. Alex Regla at Alex M Regla on Twitter. You can catch his work on silverscreenroll.com. I'm at Alex Padilla 86. Uh, and I cannot wait for Tuesday night because we don't have to talk about what ifs anymore. This is the longest off season ever for us, Alex. We got through it. Thank goodness we got through it. Look at us. High five to us. Credit to us. Pat on the back to us because we did it. Rumors, 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 rumors. What ifs, what ifs, what ifs. It's all out the window now because Lakers play one week from tonight and we'll be here Tuesday night to recap it all. This was fun. Alex, thank you very much. Thank you, man.